This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? Doing all right today? Oh, I trust everything's going well with you. And if perchance you've struck a rough day, remember you can look up and say, Lord Jesus, see me through this one. And he will. He hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Jesus said in one of his last words to his disciples, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Our Lord Jesus Christ promises not to leave you. His blessed indwelling Holy Spirit is with you to guide you even through the most difficult of days. And some of you have struck one like that. And I'm praying that God will bless these words to your heart to encourage you to keep on. Well, now we're in Mark chapter 7, and it says in verse 24, From thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house. He would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. Stop here long enough for a small thought. The reality of the Lord Jesus Christ is something that simply will not be concealed. Bob Pierce, now with the Lord, of course, a number of years, told in my hearing the story of what happened shortly after he, as a young boy, had given his heart to Christ. On Thursdays, a little neighbor boy came to play with him because the boy was staying with a a grandmother next door, that sort of a thing. And this little neighbor boy looked at Bob Pierce the week after he had given his heart to Christ. He said, what happened to you? You're different. And Bob, as he told the story, chuckled. He said, yes, I was different because the week before I'd tried to hit him with a two-by-four. <laughs> That's some difference, isn't it? But even a little child can know that there's a difference. I have a friend who uh, was a president of a large company in Baltimore who uh, had one particular person that disliked him and whom he disliked. But now the Lord Jesus Christ got a hold of my friend, and now he's coming into the office of this disagreeable man. And the man says, what happened to you? You're different. You see, not a word needs to be said when Jesus is real. He cannot be hid. The problem, as I see it, with many of us who call ourselves Christians is that the Lord Jesus is not at all real in our lives. We may have a formal profession of faith in him, but he's not in control of our thoughts and our words and our actions. And as a result, there is no real evidence that Jesus Christ is living within us. That's something to think about, beloved, and something about which you and I may well pray and seek God. For what we need is not a profession. Christianity is not a point of view, not a profession. It's not a perspective. What we need is a working relationship with a living person. Christ in you, the hope of glory, says Paul, is the secret of the Christian life. It said he could not be hid. If people do not recognize the fact that you and I are Christians, it tells us, or ought to tell us, that he's not enough in control of our real being to give evidence that he's there. Now, you and I don't have to go around shouting praises and singing hymns in order to convince people that, that we're Christian. Just the opposite effect 
is produced by someone who is officially religious. I have a little cookism saying that I use sometimes, if you see a man who's always pious, you have to watch him because he's apt to lie about other things too. (laughs) No, this whole idea is not that you go around being officially religious, nor indeed that you intrude into people's privacy with with praises and shouts and, and all of that. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is the presence of Jesus Christ in your life and in your home so real that people feel him when they meet you. I've had the joy through the years oftentimes of having people come on the campus of the college and say to me quite sincerely, Brother Cook, I felt the presence of the Lord when I came on this campus. Well, hallelujah for that. That's exactly what we pray for. But we're coming down to a personal matter now with you, beloved. What do people sense when they come in your home? I've visited as a pastor for 18 years full-time. I've visited in many homes where when you entered the home, you felt the spirit of fighting and dissension because they were constantly at each other's throats fighting and arguing. And you feel that the minute you come in. And then I've come into other homes where there was peace. And they invited you and you sat down and you felt, you felt peaceful and you felt good about things. Why? Because God's presence was there. Now, this is a very simple truth, but oh, so important, beloved. What do people feel when they meet you and me? It says he could not be hid. When the Lord Jesus Christ is real, when he's in residence, so to speak, in your life, people are going to know about it. They'll feel his presence. They'll be glad. Well, anyway, in verse 25 of Mark chapter 7, says, a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him, came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician, and she besought him that he would cast forth the demon out of her daughter. Now, here's one of those passages that's hard to understand, except you understand it in the sense that our Lord Jesus was testing her faith. Jesus said, let the children first be filled, for it is not worthy, it's not right, to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yea, Lord, yet the dogs under the table can eat of the children's crumbs. And he said, For this saying, Go thy way, the demon is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the demon gone out, and her daughter laid upon the bed. What was he getting at there? Well, he said in another place, I'm not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the truth being that our Lord Jesus, in fulfilling scripture, was offering himself, first of all, as the Messiah to God's chosen people. And when they had finally rejected him, he had to say sorrowfully, your house is left unto you desolate. You'll see me no more until you see me coming as king of kings and lord of lords. And so he was acting out in this relationship the fact that he was sent specifically first to God's chosen people as their Messiah, and that people who from outside uh, did not have that same offer at that time given to them. The second thing it seems to me uh, that he was doing was that he was testing her faith, and in what seemed to be a very curt turnoff, he was giving her opportunity to say, Yes, Lord, but I can at least have the crumbs. She took up his own figure of speech gently and reminded him that she too could be the recipient of God's merciful favor. Now, what is the point of all this for you and for me 2,000 years later? 
There are some people who obviously seem blessed with, let us say, a first chance at God's blessing. But the truth is that if you want God's touch upon your life, you may have it by asking him for it. She didn't quit. She didn't give up. She said, Lord, uh, how about some crumbs? She's, the, the idea being that there is room for the person who is willing to ask and believe. There is always room for the person who is willing to ask and to believe. <clears throat> Our Lord Jesus told the story of the person who uh, had uh, someone come to visit him late at night, had nothing to give him. And uh, uh, he said he'll go to his neighbor and he'll ask for some for some food. His neighbor said, don't bother me, I'm in bed. But if he keeps on asking, if he keeps on asking, it says he'll rise and give him as many as he needeth. Persistent praying is taught in the word of God very, very clearly. Persistent praying is taught in the word of God. And so here is this lady, the victim of what seems to us a very curt turn off. But she says, Lord, if you want to use that figure of speech, let me let me say that the, that the dogs can eat the crumbs. If you classify me as a Gentile dog, that's the way they did it in those days. Uh, not a very, not a very uh, kind epithet. But she said, if you classify me that way, then let me have the crumbs. So I've referred then to the Luke uh, 11 passage where the man went next door and said, a friend of mine and his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before me. Lend me three loaves. His neighbor says, don't bother me. The door is shut and I'm in bed. I cannot rise. Jesus said, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he's his friend, yet because of his importunity, he keeps on knocking. He will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask. And that's in the linear uh, verb form. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking, and it shall be open unto you. If ye, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? I refer to that verse uh, many, many times daily asking God to give me the fullness of his Holy Spirit for every task that I face. You can ask, you can have what you ask for, even though you may not think that you have a very favorable position at the time. I'm talking to somebody who says, oh, Cook, you don't know what I'm up against. You don't know my circumstances. You don't know how bad off we are. You don't know how broke we are. You don't know how sick I am. You don't know how deeply hurt I am. Well, that's true, beloved. I can't know because I don't live inside of your skin. But Jesus knows. We have a high priest who's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Oftentimes you've said to your friends or acquaintances, you don't know how I feel. And that's true for humans. But Jesus knows how you feel. It says he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And so you can come to your Savior and you can keep on praying and you can keep on trusting him and you can get the answer that you need. Yes, you can. Here from heaven, if you keep on praying and trusting. That's the lesson we learn from this Syrophoenician lady who wasn't willing to quit, but who kept on believing and kept on asking. She got the answer. It says when she came home, she found the demon had gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed. 
No more restlessness, no more crying out, no more tearing of things, no more evidence of satanic power, calm, peace. Just like the man over in the country, the Gadarenes, when people came out, they found him clothed and seated at Jesus' feet and in his right mind. When the Lord Jesus answers prayer, he puts things right. When he answers prayer, he sets things right. You can trust him to do that. Today, if you're facing something that you say, shall I, shall I trust God on this or shall I not? Uh, be assured, beloved, that if you trust God on a matter, he'll set it right. You won't have any regrets. Dear Father, today, make us the kind of people who believe thee for the answer, even though it may not seem to come the way we want it. Help us to trust thee, because we know thou dost never fail us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.